Subscribe by Tribe presents TV Winter Classics. Today we'll be talking about They Won't Go When I Go from Forbidden's first finale released on the 22nd of July 1974. On the track we have Stevie Wonder playing the tonto of course. Uh, he's also playing piano which makes up the first minute of this song. It's just literally a full minute of him playing a piano line. Yes. Um, he's obviously playing, you know, doing main vocals, background vocals. It's just Stevie by himself although the song was co-written uh, with him and Yvonne Wright. Uh, his ex sister-in-law uh, on the track is almost six minutes long it's 558 and joining me to talk about today is on two hello on two uh, hey darren how are you i'm doing good um and so yeah like this is uh this is kind of interesting because you know obviously um you know it's um you know it's kind of written after um you know stevie wonder's um car crash from the year before um, and then he came out of the coma and apparently like some songs that he wrote on uh, fulfilling this first finale were kind of reflective of a kind of a certain change of mindset one might say um, and <laughs> I mean he opens up here singing no more lame friends wanting tragic ends <laughs> yeah so I don't know if he's talking about like some of the people who maybe thought he was going to die after the car crash or what the issue is um, and then, you know, he says, though they do pretend, they won't go when I go, which sounds to me like he plans on outliving all of these people. Yeah, which is, again, like, sad because he's outlived a lot of his peers and the people he, who followed him, basically. <laughs> Including, you know, uh, the person who has kind of the most prominent cover version of this song that I oh, know boy. of, uh, which is George Michael. <laughs> he's outlived George Michael as well. So, oh, um, boy. you know, they... <laughs> and, and I'm of, sorry to of laugh, course, but it just uh, so, like... And he recorded, oh yes, he covered it, and then obviously, yes, he, he didn't live up to the song, did you, George Michael? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you were not the one who went before then. <laughs> yes. um, and he says, you know, all those bleeding hearts with sorrows to impart, they were right here from the start, and they won't go when I go. Um, and I don't know, I kind of like the anger that he has <laughs> in the yeah. kind of the stating of they won't go when I go. And then we kind of get the chorus, which he's got this. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing with his voice, but he's like, it sounds like he's like quadruple tracking it as he does this. And I'll go where I've longed to go <laughs> so long. And then he sings away from tears. Um, and when he sings tears, he kind of goes up like he, he kind of does it as like a little scale going up, which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it's interesting for me because um, the first time that I listened to this song, I had uh, I was it was in two thousand seven, um, yes. and I had purchased for Fernando's first finale. I had it on my iPod, uh, which I had only bought a couple of months beforehand. And and then you you saw this song used on the iconic i iPod ad, the the really depressing one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I didn't I did not, but. Um, I I remember kind of um, being in New York and uh, just like kind of listening to my iPod as I was w walking around New York. Yeah. And I think I had it on like, I, I had various uh, playlists, kind of live playlists that had various settings so that they would update and they would kind of shuffle, uh, but within certain parameters. 
Um, and it ended up playing this song, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I basically stuck it on repeat um, for about an hour, and I just listened to this song over and over and over again. And I was just like, you know, this is so, like it immediately struck me. Like I was like, this is in such a, a great song. Um, and you know, after listening to it about ten or fifteen times in a yeah. row, I was like, this is definitely, you know, like one of the best. It's so like, just the kind of the way that he he kind of first of all that first minute, which is just. Stevie doing some kind of like you know it, uh, Chopin like yeah. piano playing, and it's rare that he kind of do, like during the seventies. It's rare that he kind of does that. Um, you know, he he mostly kind of sticks to a lot of synthesizer stuff. So mm-hmm. just to hear him just playing a piano line for a minute was kind of insane. Um, and just how it, I mean, it's really kind of just the melody, but with a few kind of extra flourishes yeah. here and there. Um, but just kind of, I don't know. It just it kind of struck me as being such a kind of uh, you know intense song. Um, you know, and I just like couldn't stop listening to it. And then, you know, when you get to particularly like when he says gone from painful cries away from saddened eyes along with him, I'll bide and they won't go when I go. And it's like, wait, what? Hold on. Hold on a second. What is it? <laughs> like, you know, it feels like he's basically waiting for people to make their mistakes so that he can kind of like uh, take his revenge or something. It's like TV's revenge. this feels Oh. This feels like the kind of this feels like the song that Batman is listening to while he's standing perched atop a building, looking down at the city. Can't wait, I, um, I need to. You know, just, we need to go back a bit. You you were listening to this for, for an hour while wandering through Manhattan, Brooklyn. About an hour, roughly an hour. Yeah. And yes, definitely, definitely Manhattan. I mean, <laughs> um, I think I might have been on, I might have been on the subway for a little right. while of that as well. Um, just you know, take it in the sights of New York and just listen to Stevie Wonder. Why um, would you, you do know. that to yourself? As in, listen to one of the most depressing songs and ever while wandering through one of the greatest and most busiest cities of all time. Well, when I when I did my uh, music A level, yep. uh, one of the things that that I did was um, we had to study a couple of Chopin pieces, yep. and. After listening to, and there were minor pieces, they weren't like super well known, yeah. but after listening to it, I kind of looked into some of the kind of piano stuff from around that time. Um, and a popular thing to do was uh, preludes and etudes. Yeah. And pr- preludes would basically, you go through the circle of, you know, go through each key. So you start with, you start with one in C. Yes, and then. And then you do the next one G, in G. And then, D. And then you know. Yes. Yeah, B. And then you can, and you keep going through all the major ones and then you kind of also, you can alternate by get to going to the minor ones mm. but in the end you write 24 piano pieces each in every single key basically uh, both major and minor and so i started doing that and a lot of the influence that i took from that was like kind of chopin's uh, yep. preludes and etudes which you know and and i guess that this song just kind of struck me because i was like that this is kind of the type of piano music that i you know when i was doing my you, music a levels so this is the you, kind of stuff i would write you were but playing also, you were doing you know, your a levels on piano no, I can't play piano at all to save my own life. Okay, so, um, well, <laughs> it was for my composition. There was a composition. The composition element yeah. of, my, of the music A level was like thirty percent. So you had to compose a number of pieces. What? what you didn't have to play them. What were? You what was your primary them. instrument? I don't think I've ever asked you this. I play saxophone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I would say putting on this song, I was struck by like. By the way, I chose this song at random. Like I'd never heard it before. Okay. Uh, yeah, and like obviously I don't I've never mentioned this to the listeners, but like sometimes if I haven't heard a record, I will just pick the song out of like okay, I'll that that song's not taken and 
just off title alone. Like, we'll see how how this goes, I guess. But, and, yeah, obviously putting on this song for the first time, I was like, oh, this is, like, a straight-up classical-inspired piece. And I was like, uh, I'm... I'm not dismissing classical music, but I was just kind of like, oh no, I've really stepped in it. I should have like listened to this song before I picked it. I, th- I think like, you know, the classical element yeah. at the start is fun, but yeah. then the fact that you have just Stevie, like there's no backing vocalist on here. It's just Stevie yeah. doing his own backing vocals, um, you know, and then also like the kind of the very kind of clear, like sometimes, you know, the way Stevie sings, you know, if he's got, you know, effects on or if he's got, you know, backing vocalists in there and stuff. Yep. Sometimes you might not quite fully get what he's singing about. But here, he's very clearly making it so that, like, his voice is front and center. And he's, yeah. you know, when he gets to the fourth verse and he's like, big men feeling small, uh, weak ones standing tall, I will watch them fall because <laughs> they won't go when I go. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, Stevie's clearly, like, out for revenge. Like, it's so, like... It's it's like a side of Stevie that you don't normally see. Um, yes, and you know, I, like I, it's... again, I think you're saying how like yes, probably during this time it's very rare for him just to be yes alone with piano and not with a whole bunch, a huge band or synthesizers and and yes, it I would say yes, it does sound like a revenge ballad if you want to call it that, <laughs> like some weird death wish thing. But I know I I would also say this song sounds like something that would have been played. Like yes, centuries earlier, and like sung by monks easily. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking about Gregorian chants there. I mean, yeah, I'm saying like yes, you could <laughs> you could arrange this for like a Gregorian like monk band or whatever they call. <laughs> I believe they just call them a choir. I don't know that they call them a band. Um, oh, sorry, I forgot yeah, the word that... choir temporarily. All right. Although I, I'll say this, it does kind of take a turn towards the more religious. When by the time you get to the fifth verse, you're you're at the point where he says, "Unclean minds mislead the pure. The innocent will leave for sure. For them, there is a resting place. <laughs> People sinning just for fun. Uh, they will never see the sun, for they can never show their faces. Ain't no room for the hopeless sinner, who will take more than he will give. He will give. He will Wait, give. Which is fucking damning as hell. Um, God damn. <laughs> yeah." Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, the um, the kind of the, 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 the use of the, you know, there ain't no room for the hopeless sinner is actually taken from uh, People Get Ready by the impression. Yeah. So, you know, Stevie, again, kind of quoting a song in passing there. But I just love how, like, when he starts, starts repeating the he will give and how he when he's when he's just the way he sings, he ain't hardly going to give. It's just so, I mean, such a great performance. And then he kind of does this. Oh, yeah. And he kind of the music kind of climbs back up. And as it does, it's like the greed of man will be far away from me and my soul will be free and they won't go when I go. <laughs> it's like, OK. Um, and then Stevie basically gets to his point, which is since my soul conceived all that I believe, the kingdom I will see because they won't go when I go. So he's basically saying by the time you get to heaven, Stevie oh, Wonder's going to be there and you're definitely not going to be there. So, <laughs> so um, But I don't know. I, I just kind of love it. And then, of course, you know, as it kind of finishes you know he says i'll go where you know i'll go no one can keep me from my destiny um and then he he, the final kind of line which is it feels a little bit more kind of like jazzy and improvised than the rest of the song where he's like they won't go when i go and it's just like such a i don't know i love this song so much um you know it's like one of literally probably i would say top three stevie wonder for me i just love it you know I, it's one of those songs where, like, literally, I've been listening to for like the last decade. 
Um, you know, and if I just want to listen to some Stevie, I'll just stick this on just because I, you know, I like the kind of the, the piano intro and then just the kind of, I don't know, how judgy Stevie is throughout the whole song and how, like, he's basically, like, after having this car crash, he's, you know, obviously on, on the next album, he kind of will be a bit more spiritual and kind of try and cover lots of different topics. But here, this just feels yeah. like he's woke up from his coma and he's like, why are all these people standing around me? Like, they don't deserve to be in this room. I'm super great, they're not. And just kind of getting super... I am like, heaven's gatekeeper. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just getting getting super judgmental on everybody else, basically, and uh, yeah. I just love it so much. You know, it's such a uh, such a great and like just from the, the that that opening and then all the way to the end when it is just literally like Stevie just kind of you know going to town on like that that final line. It's just uh, yeah, it's great. I love it so much. Um, you know, obviously a clear seven out of five. Just love it. You know. Oh wow. Uh, I'm gonna give it a respectable four out of five. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, I can totally see the merit in it. I just, like, for me, like, Stevie Wonder's about, like, upbeat, funky songs, and I, 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 I know, I think over classical homages, like, <laughs> can make, I know, it can, yeah, it can sit uneasily with me, I, I think. Well, you know, if he'd have born, been born, like, 100 years earlier, he would have just been a classical pianist, that would have I mean, been Yes, it. definitely, like... Um, you know, I, I think so. I as someone who like is not necessarily like into classical music, I can say this is like a good like pop version of that. As in, like it is a good classical homage in a pop in a pop context. I mean, you know, this album has a darker feel than the previous you know couple of albums. I mean, he literally has his car crash depicted on the cover art. <laughs> so, oh, wow. like. You know, um, yeah, he's kind of making it clear. Like, well, then also he has piano keys that go to heaven. So that's obviously where he's going, uh, that they won't go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, just like... Sorry, what were you going to say? The overall kind of tone of the album, you know, like starting from Smile Please, um, you know, which is effectively... Um, I, I'm actually... In the discussion of that song, it kind of sounds like Stevie's critical of people who are kind of saying to women, smile. Um, but at the same time, it also feels like he's a little on their side as well. Um, and then stuff like Heaven is 10 zillion light years away and, you know, Boogie on Reggae Woman creeping, which is just, I don't know, a masterful song. And of course, the anger of You Haven't Done Nothing. Um, and even It Ain't No Use, which is basically about a relationship that's completely fallen apart to the point where there's literally nothing they can do. <laughs> and the chorus line is just them singing bye-bye to each other. Um, you know, like, so this is this is like an album that is like kind of full of very dark subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that, I st- like, this is probably, you know, the darkest of the subject matter. Um, and interesting that it's the only kind of song that was co-written on the album. Um, everything else is just Stevie by himself in terms of the songwriting. Um, it, it's kind of interesting, as in like, hey, you want to co-write on this song where I uh, <laughs> declare myself getting into heaven way before these other people do? Yeah, and then the fact that he's like, oh, uh, who do I who do I get to co-write this? How about my uh, <laughs> ex-sister-in-law? Um, that seems like a, a good move. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I really enjoy it. Also... Uh, you know, worth noting that uh, this was one of the songs, um, you know, that uh, Stevie sang at uh, Michael Jackson's funeral. Again, um, which was unintentional for me as a choice because I've covered both of them now. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I I, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's like, it, it, I mean, it is actually the, the kind of like the longest song on the album as well. Like this is a this is an album of mostly kind of like three and four minute songs. 
And so kind of like in the middle of this second side, we just have like six minutes. Uh, like I say, the first minute of which is literally just Stevie playing piano and nothing else. Um, and so it's, I, I don't know, I just, I really kind of like, I, I kind of like that, that Stevie was like, yeah, this entire album is mostly about me being kind of angry and, you know, in, in the middle of that, he's going to stick a song about how he's getting into heaven when other people aren't. Um, uh, can, you know. can I ask you a question? Uh, what, what do you think, like, George Michael was doing covering the song? As in, like, it's a clearly a personal song about <laughs> people who Stevie think don't deserve to get into heaven. So, like, is George Michael approaching it? I love Stevie Wonder. I'm going to cover this song. I like the vocals and I'm going to cover it masterfully or... Do you think he was calling out people as well and it represented how he felt at the time? Uh, I don't know because, you know, he kind of covered it around the time of doing um, Listen Without Prejudice. So he just kind of, you know, he just kind of split um, from, you know, kind of, well, I mean, he, he was trying to rebel against the image that he'd set up with Faith, um, yep. in particular on Freedom 90. Um, so I don't know if this was like an attack at something um but I, I it's it's interesting because you know uh, george michael covered a number of stevie wonder songs yeah. and like I, I it's clear that it, it was like kind of his you know probably you know one of his favorite like um you know vocalists and certainly probably one of his favorite like artists just overall um you know and and, and so it's it's like super weird that like he covered at least to to my knowledge at least three other stevie wonder songs and so what are like, they so it's this as uh uh village ghetto land oh yeah that's right yes oh and then there was i'm sure there was an, there was another one where he'd done a live cover so he had, i don't think it's recorded but he's like covered it live um and i can't remember what that song is but he like you know he's obviously like a big fan of Stevie Wonder, um, yep. and I'm guessing he probably just likes this this like vocals, um, you know. And who wouldn't? Because it's like in terms of like the the range on it, it's it's you know it's an amazing song. Um, so, is there anything else that needs to be said about uh, they won't go when I go? I'm I'm like curious, like the map, like the route you took, like while in Manhattan wandering around listening to this song. I want to like it. A Google Maps version of like your path. Uh, I was probably mostly in Union Square and then also Bryant Park. Those are probably the two places that I like the most in Manhattan. So, okay, um, right. Bryant Park's the back of the library. Okay, uh, I'm not sure if I've been to Bryant Park. I've been to Union Square. Everyone's been to Union Square. Union Square, yeah. Um, but uh, well, yeah, because the the uh, the subway's got like a couple of stations that connect if you want to get from east to west, so it's handy. Yeah, or if you want um, to go down to the Strand, oh, I love yes. New York. <laughs> Isn't that what it says on those T-shirts? I think we might get <laughs> yes. sued now because I think that's copyrighted. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, New York. <laughs> Don't sue us. <laughs> uh, well, let's go to plugs then. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Yeah, just follow me on my Twitter. On my Twitter handle, onto comedy. That's spelled. A-N-H-T-U and the word comedy. And on Twitter, I don't call out people and... <laughs> Sorry, dude. Sorry, I don't call out people and I mentioned that everyone gets into heaven, all right? And on Twitter, you can find us at Stevie by Wonder. Thanks as well for being my guest here today, Antu. Uh, Yeah, no problem. Uh, I actually had a really good time. I was like, oh, I was dreading this. I'm like... What do I have to say about this song? Oh, but yeah, it all worked out in the end. And otherwise, goodbye. Yeah.